Welcome to your weekly astrological weather. This is your place to get practical guidance for not only surviving, but thriving with the cosmic tides. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to your astrological weekly weather. I'm so happy that you've decided to join us. We are going to be covering the week of October 2nd through the 8th with Astrologer Connect Astrologer, Taylor Schuler, And there is some big astrology for us to explore here together today. So I'm really looking forward to that. Before we dive in, I just want to make sure you're aware of a few things. First and foremost, you are invited to our much-anticipated free 8th annual year-ahead forecast. This is a panel where we feature several different astrologers and get the read on the year ahead. It's happening in a few weeks, and um, we're going to be exploring things like what are the big themes for 2024? What are the most important transits for you to be aware of and why? You'll also get strategies for navigating the tides ahead so you can make the most of next year. And we're doing it a little earlier this year, so you'll have some extra time to look forward, prepare and plan for 2024. So go ahead and open up another browser right now, either on your computer or on your phone. Go to astrologyhub.com slash 2024 forecast. And we're also going to drop that link in the show notes for you. But go there, sign up, reserve your spot right now. And we can't wait to see you there. Taylor, real quick, I know that you have an experience of our forecast event, right? I love the annual forecast, the year ahead event. It was a really pivotal event for me personally that changed my life and led me to be here talking with you today. I found out about Astrology Hub through Ann Ortley, who we know and love. And she was like, I'm going to be on this event. I'm going to be working with Astrology Hub. And so I found Astrology Hub. I signed up for the inner circle and I joined the annual year ahead forecast event. I was sitting at my ex's dining room table. It was the day of the grand conjunction, the great conjunction, Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter, and Capricorn, January 12th of 2020, if I'm not mistaken. It might have been the 13th, but I'm pretty sure it was the 12th. Yes. And I said, I am going to be a professional astrologer. And one day, I really hope that I could be working with Astrology Hub too. And here I am. And here we are. Amazing. So you never know what's going to happen for you, what insights you're going to have, what future you're going you're gonna to cast for yourself as a result of attending that forecast event. It's totally free. Sign up now. Okay. Also, I would like to thank today's sponsor for this episode, Astro Gold and Solar Fire. They are making it possible for us to continue offering great free content for our community here on the podcast every week. There's a lot of solid free astrology software out there that can really help you get started. But there comes a time in every astrology student's life when you graduate and you're ready for the next level of astrological software tools. If you're a Mac user, Astrogold is an amazing choice. And if you're a PC user, Solar Fire is the place to be. Many of the astrologers that you listen to here on Astrology Hub, including Taylor Schuler, uh, which I just learned, but also Gemini Brett, Rick Levine, Jamie McGee, they've all integrated Astrogold or Solar Fire into their practice. The software has earned its reputation as a reliable and insightful tool because it offers high precision calculations for advanced users and beginners alike, all with a very friendly user interface. 
And as a partner of Astrology Hub, they're offering you, our community, 15% off your software purchase. So if you're in the market for astrological software, definitely want to check these guys out. You can get your special 15% discount by clicking the link in the show notes. We're also going to put the link on the screen and then entering the discount code that is on the screen and also in the show notes when you check out. You won't regret making this commitment to your practice today. All right, now onto the weekly weather, which I already know is big. That's the word Taylor used, big. So let's talk about it, Taylor. Why is the astrology this week big? And what would you say is the theme? Well, Amanda, this week is big for a couple of reasons. We have two planets changing signs. We've got Mercury moving into Libra, Venus moving into Virgo. We are officially in eclipse season, right? Eclipse season is the two weeks before and the two weeks after the last eclipse. So the two weeks before the first eclipse and the two weeks after the last eclipse. And after that full moon that we just had on September 29th, we're in eclipse season. So we're in this really big time of change, uh, new beginnings, endings, a lot of energy to get things done, to move things forward. We've got Mars meeting up with the South Node and squaring Pluto. And it's just, it, it just feels like something's happening. Something big. Something that's big is happening. How big, yeah. Absolutely. Do you use the word, do you say eclipse portal? Like, do you do you think of it that way, visualize it that way? That we're sort of I've heard astrologers refer to this eclipse frame as kind of like time out of time. Like there are these little moments where time can feel either really slow or really fast. And like there's a lot of things happening all at once. Do you resonate with that? You know, that's such a good question because I don't think of it that way. I feel it that way. And that mm -hmm. is such an eclipse thing, right? Because eclipses are about embodying because the moon is our feelings, our emotions, our body, and the sun is like our energy and how we shine. And when you put those two together in a full moon, a new moon, any kind of lunation, it's really about embodiment. And so I don't think that word personally, but when I hear other people say it, it evokes that feeling that emotion it brings me to that place and i think that that's a very fair way to put it mm, i love that i love that you just made that distinction that's very important uh okay so two planets changing signs we're officially in eclipse season do you want to unpack that a little bit more from a thematic perspective like what that's bringing up for the whole week before we go into the day by day breakdown yeah sure so Eclipse season, it happens every five and a half months, basically. So it can be, we get two eclipses or we can get even three eclipses sometimes uh, in any given two signs over, um, and I say five and a half months because it's going to like, it moves retrograde, the nodes move retrograde. And so the time between the last one and the next one is going to be about five and a half months. So you could say six months. So the last time we had eclipses was the spring. The nodes change signs over the summer. And so eclipses are when the sun and the moon align with the earth, right? And so then we get a shadow on either the moon or the earth um, and the moon blocks out the sun. So we can't see the sun. Either way, that kind of visual and literal effect of something, you know, of the sun 
being blocked out, it's like our life energy, our life force, the thing that gives us life, right? The thing that makes Mother Gaia be able to be fruitful and give us food and make us go and make life possible is some, it's just like taken away for a couple of moments in time. And that's really frightening, right? Um, at least to the ancients. Like today, not really frightening. Most people don't even notice it. Um, but back then when all we had was like nature and like looking around thousands of years ago at the stars and the sun, it was like, wait, no, come back, right? Um, it gives us pause. It makes us reevaluate. It makes us lean more into gratitude for what we have. But also when something is taken away, we have that moment of reckoning, of thinking, did I appreciate what I had when I had it? And if everything were to change or end right now, what would I regret? And so what do I want to do? And how do I want to live my life? But it can also be this power surge, this energy surge. I know Judith Hill is one of the astrology hub teachers. And one of the things that she says is that eclipses can be power surges and power outages. So we might get tired, we might get burnt out, or we might have this like surge of inspiration and energy and like want to move things. And one of the things that I often hear astrologers say about eclipses, which I just want to like address and dismantle, like. Um, what do they call it when they when you have like a myth and you kind of like destroy the myth myth busting is that eclipses aren't a good time to start something eclipses are a time to take you just have to know it will probably change but that's nothing to be afraid of if you don't try if you don't take action you can't fail forward you can't learn from your mistakes and so in the spring, we had eclipses in Aries and Libra and Taurus and Scorpio. Then around the same 90-day point between eclipses that Georgia Sathis talks about as so pivotal and so important that we have to watch, which was end of July, the nodes moved from Taurus and Scorpio to Aries and Libra. And so our focus shifted from Taurus and Scorpio topics like material, um, possessions, money, the earth, the environment, our psychology, our feelings, our emotions, are we being taken care of? Are we healthy? To Aries and Libra, which is who am I and who are you and who are we together? And is this relationship mutually beneficial for both of us? And so the eclipses will happen in those two signs again. And we're asked to sort of wrap up the ending of, you know, the, the nodes being in Scorpio and Taurus because they're not there anymore. Um, and we're asked to move into this next phase where the nodes are in Aries and Libra and we do need to think about who we are. And that really sets us up for the week because that's what the theme of the week is. It's who am I? What do I want? And what am I going to do about it? And I also, I picked out two songs for this week. I hope it's okay if I share that. So the first song this week that came to mind was a 1984 song by Twisted Sister, We're Not Gonna Take It. We're not gonna take it. We're not gonna take it. We're not gonna take it anymore. That one. And then this other song from 1994, which I think is really apt because Saturn was in Pisces and Saturn is in Pisces again, by Desiree called You Gotta Be. It's that one that's like, you got to be bad, you got to be bold, right? So 
those two songs really speak to the feeling of this week, which goes to what you were saying. Like, do you think about it this way? And this week is so much more about what we feel and what we need and what we want, what we desire, what we've been doing, the actions we've been taking, and how we wish to change things in the future. What are we letting go of that we've just had enough of? We're not going to keep doing that. We're not going to keep that negative pattern. We're not going to keep doing that to us. We're not going to allow that in our space, in our energy, in our life. And what are we doing about stepping into the life that we want to live? Taylor, in a time like this, do we have more support than usual energetically in that letting go? Because I know for a lot of us, there's, there's patterns that feel stuck. And it's like, oh my God, am I here again? Is this, are we, is this really happening? Like, I thought I was beyond that, right? You know, or, or even that feeling of helplessness. Like, how am I ever going to break out of this pattern? Like, it just keeps happening over and over. It, is there a window of opportunity to really, like, <laughs> take the bull by the horns and be like, okay, this is it. I'm really done with this, for real. I'm really done with this now. Totally. Absolutely. There. When Mars meets up with the South Node, that is a wonderful time to say, I'm done with this. I'm letting go. I'm, I'm letting go of this negative feeling. I'm letting go of this behavioral pattern. I'm letting go of this fight inside me. I'm letting go of the things that no longer serve me. I'm letting go of this belief. I'm letting go of this dharma. I'm letting go of this karma. I'm letting go of all of that. And I'm choosing to step into my authentic true self. Okay. I love so much what you just said. So this is an opportunity right now. D did I appreciate when, what I had, when I had it? So if there are things that you're having to say goodbye to in your life, like, did I appreciate those things? If there are things you value right now, taking a moment to say, am I appreciating those things? Am I expressing appreciation and gratitude for those things that, that I want to make sure that we get this right? Because th the way you said it, I was like, wait, is it that or that? When you said you wanted to bust a myth about eclipses. Yes. Is, is the myth that we shouldn't take action? Okay. Yeah. The myth is that we shouldn't take action. And you're saying that it can be a great time to take action, but we can't be super attached to one specific outcome that we need to be okay that like it might it might shift a little bit right is that what you meant exactly we can't think that the thing that we're starting is going to have roots and turn into that oak tree that is 800 years old no in, in six months four and a half years and nine years nine and a half years even sure that it's done it's over right like something's gonna happen and if it's not Nine and a half years, it'll be like 18 years or 19 years, like next eclipse season, like next time the nodes return or oppose. It's not going to last, but it will be the catalyst to move you forward. And if you decided not to take action, you missed a really huge opportunity to learn a lot and make a ton of progress. Ooh, wow, that's powerful. Okay, uh, we're going to be asking the question, who am I? What do I want? How am I going to get that? Like what I actually want? Yes. And the one other question that I would add to that amazing list of questions is who's going to help me? Ooh, who is going to help me? That's so good. And that's because we're in this 
Aries, Libra sort of nodal axis. Yeah. Yes. And also Venus is going to make a trine to the North Node and uh, sextile to the South Node. And we're also going to have the same thing happen with Juno. Uh, These are two partnership planets, relationship planets that help us to find people who are going to be partners to us or who am I going to help? Who am I going to mentor? So who's going to help teach mentor me or who am I going to teach help and or mentor? You love it. Okay, great. Let's go into the day by day breakdown, Taylor. Yeah. So we start off the week Monday, October 2nd, coming off of the full moon, like I said, we're going to be in a waning gibbous moon. So after the full moon, it's like three quarters and it's losing light. And that's in Taurus. And I think the question with the moon there is like, what is the vision for our life? When you have this waning gibbous moon in your own chart or in your progress chart, you start to get this feeling of, I have a message, I've learned a lot of things and I wanna share my message with other people. And you can either get frustrated because no one's listening to you, or you can really attract the people who are for you who need to hear that message. So you're not supposed to worry about the people who aren't listening because those aren't people who need the message. You're supposed to kind of like look at the door that's open and look for the people who are listening and who are coming to you to get the advice from you. But we start to then move into at the end of the week with the last quarter moon, this like psychological integration where what was happening in the past, what's happening now, like can't be the future for us anymore. And on Monday, the moon is going to meet up with Uranus uh, at around 9 a.m. Pacific, 8.57 a.m. Pacific. It's going to try in Pluto. It'll be void for almost four hours, and then it'll move into Gemini at around 10 o'clock Pacific time. And so what this means is that there might be like a little disruption early in the morning. We might have feelings of Like there's a power struggle or we might feel our own power. We might feel the power of our emotions. We might witness the power of the people. That's a little bit surprising. Pluto and Uranus blending together. Uh, And then when the moon enters Gemini, we move from this place of the moon wanting comfort and food and things to be really simple into the moon wanting to talk things through. So we want to use our words. We want to learn things. We want to get on YouTube. We want to watch this uh, weekly weather. And uh, Mercury will also pose Neptune very early in the day, around 8.30 a.m. Pacific, which is all about uh, dreaming, really. There's, that's the best way to use this. You might hear uh, other interpretations like confusion, or, but it's really psychic. It's really creative. It's really musical, too. So maybe that's why I was like, hey, some songs might be nice. So listen to music, dream. Don't try to make sense. Just like do automatic writing, kind of like get it all out there. And then at around 11.45 a.m. Pacific, Venus trines the North Node. So that's when we want to, you want to really think about who are you meeting? How are you loving? What do you value? And who are the people who are teaching, mentoring, helping, or are you being that person to someone else? Okay, so you've mentioned this a couple of times, Taylor, this, this opportunity to either ask for who's going to help you or decide that you're going to be the mentor or helper for someone else. For those of you out there who are like, oh, I want Taylor to help me. I want Taylor to help me navigate and figure things out. She's actually offering an amazing, amazing opportunity for our community this week through the Astrologer Connect platform. If you do book a reading with Taylor this week, yet you have to book it this week, you don't have to 
have it this week. But if you book it with her, she's actually tacking on some additional time. So the 30 and 45 minute reading, she's going to tack on an additional 10 minutes. And if you do book an hour or 90 minutes, she's going to tack on 15 minutes. And the value is, is a lot. So the value of her 10 minutes is like $112 or something. The value of her 15 minutes is $160 or something like that. So this is really awesome. If, if you want Taylor's guidance, I would highly recommend taking advantage of the special that she's offering. You can go to astrologyhub.com slash Taylor Connect. That's astrologyhub.com slash Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R Connect and um, have that special opportunity for Taylor to mentor you um, now, which is great. I'm like thinking of all the questions I have for you that I am definitely going to be booking with you, Taylor, to get some more insight on. But um, yeah, anything you want to add to that before we move on? I just think, you know, with with that Mercury Neptune um, that may cause like, hey, where am I going? What do I want? All of that. Like, that's a great time to like use divinatory tools like astrology to try to find clarity and helping people find clarity is one of my favorite things validation, clarity, empowerment. So I, it would be my privilege and honor to, to help you find that if you need that. Amazing. Okay. All right. Let's go to Tuesday. Yes. So Tuesday, October 3rd, we've got the moon squaring Saturn at 12.28 a.m. Pacific. So if you're on the East Coast, that probably, um, well, I guess if you're on the East Coast, that would be 3.30. If you're west of the Pacific Coast, then it would be Monday. And then the moon is going to trine the sun at 5 p.m. And Mercury is going to trine Pluto uh, around noon. So what does this mean? Well, moon, Saturn, sun, I think it's all about an opportunity to be alone and reflect and really think about how we feel, how we're shining, how we're embodying that, how that's being crystallized in our lives. And then Mercury trine Pluto is an amazing time to get like really deep about what you think and how you want to say it, how you're expressing it and doing research, like digging into stuff, like really like dog with a bone energy. So there's not a ton going on, you know, like the moon makes aspects to Saturn and the sun frequently. Mercury trying Pluto is probably the biggest thing, but in the context of the rest of the week, I would say it might not feel as big as the rest of the days of the week. And then we've got Wednesday. And so Wednesday, October 4th, is the day that Mars meets up with the South Node uh, and also the day that Mercury enters Libra. So that's why Wednesday is one of the two big days of the week. Mars meeting up with the South Node in Libra. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put her on blast a little bit. I'm just going to say I'm pretty familiar with this energy because my mom has this in her natal chart. So like I grew up very close to this Mars uh, South Node Libra energy. Um, It's about someone who's super passionate, who's um, perhaps an activist, who might be very political, who can also gain a lot of friends. Like that's how they take action in the world is like bringing people together and like, you know, bringing out the best in someone and being able to put up with the worst in someone too at the same time. Um, It's about negotiation, diplomacy, relationships or actions, what we fight for. And it's this opportunity we're talking about to let go of activities that don't support us and let go of the things that we were fighting for that 
aren't serving us, but also those things that compromise our own authenticity. It's time to let that go too. So I just pause there because I feel like that's what I see and feel and hear and witness a lot of is the times when we hold our tongue, the times when we compromise, when we stuff it down, when we bottle it up and we decide somewhere it's not worth it to be ourselves. It's just easier to let it or them have their way instead of living our life or where we get into perfectionism and we say, I'm not going to put that piece of work or art out into the world because I'm worried about what someone else might think about it. And it's not good enough. And it's like, you know what? It's good enough as it is. And I had a friend remind me of uh, Michel Basquiat, an artist from the 90s, who I believe only lived until his Saturn return, but had over 600 pieces of artwork. And if you look at his work, I mean, it's like, one of the words is scatological, but it's also like, it, it's like, it, it looks, it could look like to some people, if you haven't seen his artwork before, like a child did it, right? Like, like a child painting from preschool. And my friend was like, I, if I was that person, like, and that was my art, I never would have put it out into the world. And the world would have been robbed of that art. And thank goodness I'm not him. I wasn't him because the world is now a better place because of his art. And so I just want to encourage everybody out there, if there's some work product, some art, something that you're like not putting out there, this is the time to let go of that compromise, let go of that weight of other people's opinions and put it out there because we need it. We need to see it. Taylor, when you're working with a client who is having that block, like I want to speak authentically or I want to put my work out there, but I'm afraid it's not good enough or I'm afraid of what people will say if I speak authentically. You know, someone having that kind of obstacle. How do you recommend, like, how do, how do we let go of that fear? You know, how do we actually step forward into that place of discomfort? Do you have anything that you like to advise to clients or something that you've used yourself or things that you see other people do that that seem to work? So from from a theoretical perspective, I'll start there. You could think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Because my chart, the way that my brain operates, sometimes I can be like, so what? <laughs> and that's not nice or helpful like it doesn't feel good and and the truth is there are times when it is unsafe and so establishing safety physical safety psychological safety emotional safety is the first and that's like you know the the foundation so do we are you going to be physically safe if you do this yes or no right if the answer is no there are other things we need to discuss and there are other resources that we need to explore um, if the answer is yes, you're going to be safe, then it's looking into the chart or just listening to what that client has to say. Like, what is the fear? Where is it coming from? Oftentimes I can see it in the chart, right? We might look at Saturn. We might look at Pluto. We might look at like a moon or a south node in the 10th house, like something in the 10th house, very exposed that feels vulnerable um, that, you know, may have a history of like, keep it up with the Joneses or like the Joneses opinion of us when I was a child was was actually important to us eating or a reputation or whatever. 
that's real, you know, and you want to address that. And then remembering that we incarnated what 400 trillion in this incarnation, in this lifetime, to be ourselves, to be us, to be authentic, to be exactly as we are, to know that we are perfectly made with all of our imperfection and that we're just, I get like super like passionate about this. And I'm like, I feel like we're robbing the world of ourselves when we don't allow ourselves to shine. And sometimes, and I'll find like a way to say something like that to a client oftentimes. And they're like, shoot, I didn't realize that I was like imposing on you by not being myself. And it's like, well, yeah, you're worried about like your actions having negative repercussions. What are the negative repercussions of your inaction? And girl, yes, I could feel that. It's so good. And isn't it, I, I forget who did this research. She was a, 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 a death doula who, who sat at the deathbed of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people and then wrote either a book or I, can, I, I, I should be able to quote who said this, but basically the number one regret of people on their deathbed is that they, they lived their life for other people, that they didn't live their life for themselves, which, which is another way of saying they didn't live authentically. They, they gave them themselves away you know their their truest desires their truest the life that they came here to live they didn't live it for themselves they lived it for everybody else except themselves so i love i love that you get passionate about it i also get passionate about it because it's it's kind of like what else are we here to do right and and if we were all doing it it seems like this place would work pretty well you know because because it's god's plan it's 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 source you know whatever you want to call it but it's it, that is the master plan. It's the master blueprint. We all have our piece of it that we're living and expressing, but we didn't create it. Some no. <laughs> source did. So it's it's like our responsibility. It's our imperative. It's our kuleana, the Hawaiian word responsibility and joy to actually live it. And and I love that you bring up that it's true and real that we do sometimes have blocks based on previous experiences that at a certain time were true. It it was absolutely true that we couldn't, for whatever reason, express completely authentically because of whatever was happening. And the question of is that true now? You know, is that is that still true? Or am I still am I hanging on to something? And, yeah. and really being in that exploration. Go ahead. Absolutely. And I, I think it might have been uh Elizabeth Kubler Ross um in her book on grief and grieving and the stages of grief. Maybe not, but yes, maybe that's ringing a bell, but I'm not totally positive. Yeah, so maybe at someone in the comments, please let us know. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and in terms of is the, the past experience that we've had, like how does that impact us today? I often find that there are, and it's not just me, right? Like I'm not saying, oh, I came up with this. Like obviously not. <laughs> but when I'm talking with clients, what I've learned is that there's this early childhood experience that happens to us, which is part of the natal promise. And it can come out positive. It can come out negative. When it comes out negative, it's actually this like very Aries Libra thing, which is who am I and who are you and who are you reflecting back to me who I am? And do I choose to accept that reflection of myself? Do I choose to accept that as truth? And if I do accept it as truth, do I accept 
that I will continue in that truth of myself or will I change, right? So you're presented with a reflection in order to accept it or to reject it and push back. And that is the muscle that is developed that forms our personality, our drive, our will, all of those things. And so sometimes you have to get those people who are pushing you like, you do this, you do that, don't do this, don't do that, to say, I'm absolutely going to do that thing that you told me not to do, right? I'm, or I'm definitely not listening to you again, like yeah. it's over and over and over again, that like, it's like the same bad outcome happens, but you have to be put in that container of pressure to, to become who you are. Right. Like you, you keep telling me I'm this, but actually, and I've internalized that, but actually I'm not. I, I don't, that's not who I am. And I know that, but getting to that point. Yeah. Sometimes it takes several different reflections to be like, actually, I reject that uh, image of me that you are putting on me. But, but yes. And, 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 and acknowledging that's just part of our evolution. It's part of our growth. Um, and, and that sense of empowerment we get when we go, actually, no, that's not true. The, it, it's, it is a step. Like it is, it is a graduation to to another another place exactly yeah and so so this is all wednesday right <laughs> like this wow. is like wednesday okay. and it's the first thing the second thing is that mercury enters libra so mercury's been in virgo where it's at home it is analytical it can take action and now we're moving into libra which is venus's sign venus is still in leo at this point in time um and what i want to say about mercury's transit through libra is a few things, right? Um, I'm reminded, I'm going to throw a couple ideas out there and then kind of like pull it all together. So Libra's about relationships. Libra's about information. It's an air sign. It's literally like stop, take a deep breath. Um, but Mercury's not as happy in Libra doing its thing as it was in Virgo, right? Because Libra is this dual kind of sign where you have to look at this side of it and this side of it and you're in the middle. And the purpose of that, I like to think of it as the oak tree that, or a palm tree that's strengthened by the winds around it. I think of Chicago being the windy city. And that's kind of like Mercury and Libra. Like, are you going to stand in your authentic self to strengthen the spine that you need to be the palm tree or the oak tree that does not waver? And you only get that way. You only get that strong from the winds that blow you this way and that way. But also you are able to see all sides of the thing there. Um, Libra is the scales. And so we're invited to think about and create the vehicles to bring our life back into balance. And I don't know about you, but I recently watched on Netflix the new documentary. I think it's new about blue zones and happiness. And that's really core to my work on like Ikigai and life purpose. And so I'd encourage you to watch that documentary if you haven't already. I think that's a great exercise for today and for this week. And, uh, Mercury being in Libra, how are you going to bring your life into balance to invite more happiness? But also this week, and I meant to mention this earlier, it's the first week of October. And I think, Amanda, I, I might have heard you say recently uh, that you're interested in like this 90 day, three month, 12 week thing. And I started reading the 12 week year and we now have 12 weeks, right? We have three months to the end of the year, starting the first week of October. And so that's a book that you might want to read or website you want to go to, 12weekyear.com and explore that. Like, how can you chunk your year into smaller pieces? And when we're 
And one of the things that um, those authors talk about or that author talks about is this emotional cycle of change, that when we want to change, we go through these different emotions. We go through this like peak of sort of like an ignorant, uninformed optimism. And then we get into this like informed pessimism, the valley of despair. And then we're like informed optimism if we can push through. And then we get to the success and the fulfillment that we were hoping for. And um, I just want to kind of put it out there that when we're changing, we are going to just like that reflection, right? We're going to face difficulty. We're going to face challenge. But if we can move through it, we can we can reach success, right? Don't get to that like low point, that valley of despair, that Mercury Neptune confusion and like give up. You do need to surrender, though, to the fact that this is difficult. Surrender to the fact that I am facing a challenge and it will be a challenge for X amount of time, right? Not that this is challenging and I'm going to turn around and head for the hills, right? Um, and so we can ask for help. We can listen to see things through other people's point of view. And we just don't want to lose the opportunity to learn from the moment. And we want to allow the universe to work through us by being here now, being in the moment, and really trusting that the universe is going to show us what, what we need. We might not know why. We might not understand it. We might not like it. But okay, so then Thursday, October 5th, the moon is going to enter Cancer early in the morning, Pacific time around 530. And we're going to have a closing uh, aspect, which is an opposition to Pluto. And this is really about a time for change, even if it feels like you're being different, you're being eccentric, you're being kind of, um, you know, causing attention or something to yourself. Maybe you are, maybe you're not, but maybe you're just being your authentic self, right? The moon's going to square Mercury, trine Saturn. And uh, how I would synthesize this is that even though we're feeling big things with the moon in, in cancer, we might be zipping up our feelings. Uh, we know we need to think things through. We need to process them so that we can respond instead of react. And one of the ways that we could do this is kind of uh, make ourselves of service to other people in a very practical way and help other people. And that will let us process our emotions, put things into perspective, and that really helps us to heal. So be of service to other people if you're feeling big things. And I think it'll help put your your issues into perspective, whether, you know, they are big or maybe not so big, or you can like put your energy into something that is useful. And this is the day also at 3 p.m. Pacific when Juno trines the North Node. That's a partnership energy, but perhaps also some righteous indignation, right? This like anger or annoyance that's provoked by what's perceived as unfair treatment at like disloyalty or unfair agreements, maybe. Uh, and so really think if you put other people before yourself, you can get that context that you need to find an ally or become an ally, which could help you uh, heal what you need to. For business astrology, which is something that I do, I think this could be a great time to put out a structured survey to ask for feedback. Because if people are feeling like something that they need help with, uh, that Mercury, Saturn, aspect will really help them like want to actually put words on paper or type it out help you and then friday october 6th we've got that last quarter moon in cancer going exact sextile jupiter around 8 30 a.m pacific which is very hopeful optimistic comforting it's going to square chiron which is like hey there's something here i need to heal that's around 4 p.m 4 17 pacific so i'd say leave work early take the day off go to the spa or volunteer instead and then 
uh, around 1.22 a.m., actually Saturday, the moon will sextile Uranus. And that's a like aha moment, that inspiration, uh, a genius. But with this last quarter moon, I really want to invite everyone to think back to the full moon in Cancer nine months ago, January 6th of 2023. The first quarter moon in Cancer 18 months ago, which was April 8th of 2022. And then what did you start on the new moon in Cancer 27 months ago, July 9th of 2021? And so how has that story evolved over these three or four dates now? And then by the time we get to the next new moon in Cancer, July 5th of 2024, what do you hope that story has wrapped up so that you can begin a new story? Then October 7th is Saturday. I'd say make art, make a vision board, sketch out a plan for this new future, this new life that you want to invite in. Nap and then go out and have fun tonight. Dress up. You know, I got my magenta lip stuff on and my, you know, colorful thing because I want you to embody that on Saturday. Uh, The moon is going to be void from 12, 11 p.m. Pacific uh, until 324 when it enters Leo. And that moon in Leo is going to be like big and fun and energetic, but you need a nap before you go to the disco, right? Like before you go to the club. Um, The moon is going to square the nodes, try Neptune, square Mars, and oppose Pluto. That's big emotions, gut feelings, psychic energy, dreaming, imagination, thinking about public opinion, feeling deep feelings. And so that's why I said, you know, use that energy to like move forward and put those like imaginative psychic thoughts on paper and feel empowered by it and then take a nap and then go out and have fun. And then finally, Sunday, October 8th, we start out 4.47 a.m. Pacific with the moon sextile Mercury. So it's like we're thinking more clearly today. We're inspired to communicate clearly. Mars squares Pluto, which I mentioned earlier. And this is, um, you know, Mars was, uh, Pluto was discovered January 21st of 1930, actually in a square to Mars. And so that's that Scorpio Mars Pluto energy where they both rule Scorpio. And it's, this feeling of everything that's been culminating, what, what's been going on under the surface, everything that we've been feeling deeply, struggling with, strategizing, fighting for, desiring, longing, lusting after. It invites us to let go of that negativity so that what remains are empathy, compassion, and courage. Then the moon squares Jupiter around uh, 7.55 p.m., Uh, and that's a nice, I feel like it's sort of like a nice way to end things, but just before that happens, Venus enters Virgo. And so now Venus and Mercury are in mutual reception. They can talk to each other, do favors for one another. Um, and the thing is though, tomorrow, the first thing that's going to happen is Venus is going to oppose Saturn. So it's, it's going to feel like it's time to mature and be the bigger person by listening to other people, by discerning what we want and what we need. And it's really inviting us to develop the skill of loving myself and giving myself what I want, knowing what my love language is and and giving that to yourself first before you go ask other people to give that to you instead of criticizing, judging, demanding that from other people. Make sure you're meeting your own love languages so you can show up full and full. Um, And then also think about, you know, Venus and Virgo might you might want to get into like your accounting, your books and stuff like that. Think about more than just financial ways of accounting, right? In permaculture, this thing I do, we have the eight forms of capital. And I've actually expanded it to 12. But some of them are 
you know, you've got material capital, intellectual, living, experiential, social, cultural, um, spiritual. And so how are you really measuring your life in all of these other ways? And that brings us back to the blue zones. They've got a great quiz where you can take it. Don't don't worry about the grade. I don't want anyone to look at what your grade is on a quiz because it is not graded. But look at the practical things that you can do to bring more happiness and love into your life because they've got great, I think, great recommendations. Um, and think about, you know, what's going to make you happy. Taylor, I love this. Essentially, I, I want to go back to what you were talking about with the 90-day increments or 12-week or increments. And then also bring it back to this eclipse period of time, this eclipse season. We can actually take cues from the cosmos to structure the rhythm of our lives so that it is in alignment with the ebbs and flows of the energy. And basically what we're talking about here with this eclipse season, this current eclipse season in the nodes is really focusing on these, who am I, who are you, what do I want, how am I going to get there? And who's going to help me? All these, these questions that you're bringing up. But the point is to, to actually carve out these kinds of spaces for yourself and, and make it like, okay, this is, this is a, how many weeks are we? Like eclipse season is technically what, like six weeks? Uh, if we have two eclipses, then it would be two weeks before, two in between and two after. So that would be six weeks. But then I guess if, if we had three eclipses, then we'd add another two weeks to that. So eight mm -hmm. weeks. Yeah. yeah. This week, this year, six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So really just making this space for yourself for this type of overarching exploration and being okay, you know, taking some risks, like putting yourself out there in new ways. Um, a lot of these things that came up here in this, in this weather, it, it's like, sometimes I will absolutely put myself in this boat. I can take myself too seriously. And I can take life too seriously. And I can really, it's like the gravity of every decision and every direction. It's like, you know, sometimes it's just good to just try it. And, and would you say fail forward? I love that. Give yourself the opportunity to fail forward, to learn from the mistakes, to, uh, you know, when you were talking about the cycle, the, the, the 12 week cycle and that beginning phase of like, you know, naivete and, innocent exuberance well that can really lead us into things that a yes can end up being painful yes can end up being or you know whatever but also that's how we're learning like that's it's okay to make the mistakes it's okay to fail forward and actually there's some like even in the the business arena who say the ones who can make the mistakes fastest and learn from them are the ones that have the most success because you're getting that feedback so instead of being paralyzed and you're like, oh, I, I'm afraid to make a mistake. I'm afraid to take action. Taking the action and getting the feedback really quickly and integrating that into your movement forward. So we up so many amazing themes, Taylor, for us to really explore this week. Thank you for that. Again, if you're interested in working with Taylor one-on-one, astrologyup.com slash Taylor Connect. Do it this week, though, because this is when she's offering the additional time and I, I know if you've ever had a reading with an astrologer, so it's always like you get to the end. And it's like, but I want a few more questions and I would love to be able to ask this. So this will be a time where you can actually take advantage of that. You also have the opportunity this week to sign up for our year ahead forecast. It's free. You can get that 
glimpse into what's going to be happening next year, astrologyhub.com slash 2024 forecast. And um, Taylor, just thank you so much for everything that you offer here on our platform to our community. I love getting to know you through your um, very grounded, very practical, very useful, very compassionate approach to astrology. So thank you for sharing that with us here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this time and opportunity. And I just want to say, y'all, don't just listen to those songs, but really read the lyrics, especially to You Gotta Be, because I'm just like reading the lyrics. And that is this week. Like, just read. If you do one thing, read the lyrics to that song. Mm -hmm. And that's your horoscope. Love it. I have chills. Thank you for that reminder. And thanks to all of you for being here. Thank you so much for being a part of our community. Thank you, as always, for making astrology a part of your life, tuning into this weekly weather and really weaving the astrology into the way that you're navigating your life. I hope that you find it helpful, and I'm glad that you're here. We will catch you on the next episode. Looking forward to it. Take care, everybody. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.